Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Ride podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed. I'm joined by my lovely, talented wife, Miss Southern Shell, right across from me. We got Tyler over here on the board, and we're back uh, from a, a, a long trip. Yeah. Seemed like it was long anyway. Yeah, it seems like it was forever ago. We missed last week, so for everybody who's looking for that podcast, there wasn't one. <laughs> Real quick, this Friday, which will be today when this podcast come out, or day ahead, but um, you will be at Oktoberfest in Cleveland, Mississippi. I'm doing the lighting of the grill, which is apparently a big deal that we, I didn't realize how big a deal it was, but the lighting of the grill, and then you're going to do two rib demos. Yeah, they. Um, I, I got asked to do this because it's the wrap-up of the Delta Barbecue Battle. That the MBN uh, Memphis Barbecue Network, which is a sanctioning body for barbecue here in our area, and that's they had this four was it four contest or five contest? Something it was yes yeah, yeah. it, around that four number. or five contests, and they were taking like the a average handful. preliminary score, your top three scores in those contests, and they're giving away a lot of money. Yeah, isn't it like ten grand? I think so. Like first. Uh, it's some it's some outrageous. Yeah, and I was this like, is Man, what you win on top of top of the contest. Of the contest. Yeah, this is just for the, your best highest three scores preliminary round out, out of those out of set four Delta contest. Yeah, um, but anyway, they asked me to do the lighting of the grill and to do some demos. So I'm not competing. I'm just going to have fun. <laughs> uh, Mark is competing. Yeah, he's been tearing it up on the NBN circuit. He's done really good. I think is he he's in number. The I think he's number five, like in fifth place. Okay, and he's only cooked three of them, so he'll drop one of his scores. I think. I think there's five total contests, and they drop. They take the best three. So he has the opportunity to be in the running for mm-hmm. that prize money. Good for him. I think that uh, Marcio is the number one right now, and then what's his team? Hog addiction. Yeah, hog yeah. addiction, and then blue collar. That's our that's our buddy Dustin Dustin Rudd. He's Second place, uh, Parrot Head, I believe, when I looked at the standings, was no, – no, not Parrot Head, Poker Porkers. <laughs> and then uh, fourth place was Biggie Smalls. Okay. Shout out to Austin Dykers. Okay. And then Mark and Jamie are fifth. So excited about it. We know a lot of people in that. Yeah. know a lot of people in the top five. We know the top five. You could have been in there, Shelf. We'd have been cooking all these contests. <laughs> I don't know where you found time, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, no, I'm, my contest days are over. You can keep doing them. <laughs> Your contest days are over. You can go do them. I know. I wish I had the time to, really. <laughs> I love, there's nothing better than going to spending a weekend out at a contest, cooking with your buddies and just hanging out. Yeah, and you've got that nice trailer. Yeah. <laughs> it's ready to go. I'm sure they let me get in there. Cook on Saturday. I couldn't do that on Friday. But we're doing we're doing two uh, two rib demos, and and my thinking on this is we, we kind of sit down and talked about it. I wanted to do uh, just show them how to cook a Memphis style rib in your backyard. And what is a Memphis style rib? Well, to me, a Memphis style rib is just a good old dry rib, hickory smoked, seasoned with just some good dry barbecue rub, whatever kind you like. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to show them one of mine on it, but it's just some. Ba- when you think of Memphis barbecue, what do you think of? Show? Dry rub. Dry rub. What kind ribs. of ribs? Oh, baby backs. Baby backs. That's a Memphis thing. Yeah. 
I I like dry ribs. They've always been my favorite. Competition ribs are like my least favorite yeah. ribs. There'll be a little bit of competition element to it because I'm going to serve it with like two or three sauces, and that way you get to choose which one you like it with. That's mm-hmm. kind of what they tell the judges in NBN. If a rib, if a team turns in a sauce, they 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 tell them to judge it with the sauce that you think accompanies the meat best. But when you're eating ribs, you want to taste the rib. That's yeah. the main thing to me, yeah. and I don't think anything gives you the authentic taste of good barbecue or especially smoked ribs is hickory wood and just a little bit of seasoning and some good pork. That's all you need. Um, Any kind of smoker can do it. Yeah. Sometimes I've seen you like put a light, maybe a light apple juice or some water right at the end or something to, to give it some moisture so you can put more dry rub on it. And it almost makes it kind of like, wouldn't want cakey is the wrong word. It just makes it stick. It gives you a dusting yeah, of that extra yeah. kick of flavor. And if you use the right rub, it's really, really good. A lot good. of times, uh, restaurants will use like a vinegar mop or yeah, spritz or mop. something like that. Something acidic or as simple as water. But just to give it a light little spray at the end, just to, to kind of dampen that surface of the rib. And that way, when you come back and you do a final shake on it, a lot of times that final shake is done right on your plate. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, you know, they'll, they'll uh, cook these ribs like for lunch service they'll put them on early that morning take them off and hold them a little bit and sometimes they'll even throw them like on a char grill or to heat them back up a little bit before they hit the plate but you'll always see them mop them with something and then shake them right when they put them on your platter or whatever they're serving it on they'll come back with that dust like a memphis style dry rub and that's what that's what i like you taste that it gives a little pop of flavor but you still taste the meat and the smoke and usually you're serving it Personally, for me, it's got a vinegar sauce on the side. That's my favorite. You can just kind of dip it in. So which one, like if you had your choice to sit down with the sauce or you want your ribs dry, what kind of sauce do you want? I like the idea of I got all three. Do you? <laughs> but uh, the, if I had to pick one, it'd be the vinegar, your vinegar. Yeah. Your see, vinegar is not too vinegary and it's not too sweet. It's just like in that right little. And it's got some pop. And it's got a little pop, yeah. just a little heat. heat. Uh, but, you know what? It's really good. Serve it Serve the sauce warm. Yes. And there's the the my the restaurant the restaurant that does it right in Memphis is central because they keep their sauce in these little it's almost like your nacho machine. Yeah, it's like heated carafes yeah. with a dispenser on top and or something. And you pump it into the little cup. Yeah. And then you got this warm sauce to dip it. Oh man. Why would you want to put something cold? Like even I mean, we don't even really refrigerate sauce at my house. I know in the bottle all of them say for best results, keep they say it in the refrigerator. But hey, I don't know why. Why, yeah. why do you need to keep it? It's better room temp or or warm. I guess it extends the shelf life, maybe. I don't know. I think I think maybe maybe it keeps the flavors from changing too much. I don't know. That's something we need to. That's a shell's learning yeah, corner shell. there. You can look that up. Why? Because the acidity in the sauce is making it chef stable. It's got a high, you know, the pH is right on it to where you can sit on it and stand on its own. Yeah. I mean, it's all shelf stable. It's like mayonnaise. It's like blue and I and I disagreed with you like that for a long time until you pre- you educated me. I didn't educate you. You didn't believe a word came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> was it the mayo? Was it the blue plate folks yes. that told us it's perfectly yeah. okay to keep it out? That it's shelf stable. It is shelf stable. Yeah, my argument was always that little piece of foil on top is not stopping. Yeah, yeah. They were. T- I think they overheard us talking on the podcast, and they emailed me and said, "No, for sure, it's shelf stable." So, so have you, Tyler? Have you started leaving the mayonnaise in your pantry no. instead of in the refrigerator? I haven't. No, 
Uh, I don't, and I won't. I won't either. <laughs> I, we're weird. We put like bread in the fridge, you know? Like some people really? don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't really like I my, used to do that. He, I, I don't like my loaf bread. I want my mayonnaise cold. Now, I don't want to get it out of the pantry and put it right on a sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Something in me, it just, I'm not supposed to be eating warm mayo or <laughs> yeah. room tip mayo. It's just, yeah. and so I like getting it out fresh out of the refrigerator. What about ketchup and mustard? I don't care about those. The only thing I noticed is like when you keep ketchup, in the or mustard in a pantry versus in the refrigerator, it's the water separates a little more. So yeah. you gotta if you that first squeeze, if you don't shake it good, you're just gonna have that big juice pile. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing worse than getting some crispy french fries and you're gonna get some ketchup and squirt on the plate and all of a sudden you got this puddle of ketchup juice. <laughs> I think then, then you put the and then you can't mix it up. It don't mix back uh-uh. right. It just ruins my plate. <laughs> <laughs> I got so mad I was making a sandwich for Michael for his lunch one day. And I went to, you got the mustard, shook it up, did the little thing where I thought I squirted out all the water and no water came out. And I was like, oh, we're good to go. Went to squirt it and it was just puddle. <laughs> a puddle. It's on bread at that point. Yeah, yeah it just sogs right through <laughs> yeah. it. At least if you're on a plate, you could like scrape it off. It just ruins the plate. Um, one thing about Memphis barbecue, like you were saying, is it's not just ribs that get that just last minute dash of seasoning over the top. It's kind of like everything. They do it for sides. Spaghetti. <laughs> Spaghetti. They do it for, I've even seen them do it for like potato salad, but. Barbecue nachos. You always hit them with the uh, Pulled pork sandwich. Cheese. I don't know if they do it so much with the pulled pork sandwich. Yeah. Because you're topping it with coleslaw a lot of times. But any like wings, pretty much any plate you, you get, get wings, got, you're getting them dusted. So. Yeah, got it's got it on there. You know, like do you it. know my my theory on that? Yeah, what is you save money as a restaurant by a lot of them probably don't even season it when they cook it. They just That's smoke it. So true. And then they season it when it right before they serve it. That way, when the customers tasting it, they're tasting those seasonings right on it. So, well, if you season I, it before you cook it. Yeah. You're going to lose that a lot of that. Some of it, but I like the, I like to season my meat before it goes on the yeah. bed. It's very rare that I put anything on there not seasoned. You know, I always put a rub on or seat something salt, at least salt and pepper. I wanted to cook into it. To me, the cook process starts when you start seasoning it because it starts pulling moisture out. The salt pulls moisture out of the sugars and whatever you're using, and it's pulling flavors in. So you're getting a little bit of the penetration down in the meat instead mm-hmm. of just on the surface. And it's giving you that tacky. Yeah, it gives you a little tackiness, tackiness to it. Like that, that bark like. creates that bark. You we can't w- tell me barks is good. No, no, no rub or no seasoning no. versus just plain like no. trying to let a bark form on the outside of a pork shoulder. I'm with you. It needs that seasoning. It needs it, even if it becomes less potent over the cooking process. Mm-hmm. It, it still needs it at first. We went to one dem- rib demo. I don't even remember who it was. I do, but I'm not gonna say. Uh, <laughs> You're not throwing anybody under the bus. You're not throwing shade. Yeah. But they had won Memphis and May with their ribs, and they gave their rib process, and it was probably about 12 different rubs, multiple things in their wrap. Like, it was a pretty intensive recipe. And then at the end, when you tasted them, it, they were the blandest ribs. It's flat. Just the flattest, really blandest ribs. I have to ask you off the camera. Yeah. Refresh <laughs> <laughs> my memory. You can, like, do too much to them. Oh, yeah. That's a big thing, especially if barbecue is meant to be simple. It's not meant to be super complex food. I don't know if all just need to balance stuff. out those flavors. But you think if you put 30 things on something, it's kind of. I don't know if they all balance, you know. <laughs> it's washed it washed off. Washed it all. Wouldn't it just up? fall off anyways? Like after a certain amount of layering, you're just. I mean, going to drop I've off. I've always thought that too. Yeah. 
could you pick out if you've got that many different things on yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Last weekend, we went to Minnesota. We did. Um, flew up there. We saw the Vikings play on Sunday. It was our second year in a row to get to go yeah. on yeah. that same weekend. Got like, to see Columbus the weekend. Yeah, I wasn't real happy. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Going to Minnesota was fun. I had a blast. Um, the game was fun. We had awesome seats. I'm going to tell you, we did something we had never done. We took, uh, we flew in. We didn't get an Uber or rent a car. They had a uh, light, they called it light rail. So it wasn't subway. It was all above ground, but it was a train. Yeah. And you caught a train at the airport. It took us right downtown where we had a hotel. We passed the stadium and, but you know, and then we got off that tram and walked a block to our hotel and we never rented a car or anything. Everything we did was, With the light was rail. the light rail yeah. and it worked great it, but I don't know. Like you had to pay, you had to get a light rail pass, right? I bought some tickets online. Explain this to me. How would they know if you bought those tickets? Nobody or not? checked because we got on that thing multiple times, and there's never like a ticket taker or something a to scan. scan. I was expecting to and scan it, and there's just people phone. hopping on and hopping off, and it's like uh, there's no way you would know. Is it must just? Is it just like a good faith system? It's your choice if you want to buy the ticket or not. But I know Michael knows what weed smells like. <laughs> we got on the light rail. He's, he said, is marijuana legal here? <laughs> kids these days, man. Because it was strong. <laughs> Malcolm said there's a family of skunks living on the bus. <laughs> it was potent skunks, too. That had to be like the weed man. Because I know which one it was. <laughs> I was like, dang, that dude's lit up. <laughs> and we were sitting real close to him. <laughs> I smelled it, but when Michael said, is weed legal here? I was like, <laughs> But there was no Taylor Swift. No Tay-Tay. Was you upset? Eh, it just adds an extra element of excitement. It's what not like we were going to hang out. <laughs> there was a lady on our row that kept telling Michael, she's up there in that box, the Geico box, right up yeah. there. So I took, I was like, no, she's not. They'd have done showed her on a big screen or whatever. Yeah. So I took my phone and like took zoomed in and took a picture, and then you could zoom in further. I think who she would have been hanging out with was in that <laughs> box. <laughs> um, you tried walleye for the first time. I, What's walleye? It's a fish. It's a fish. It's, I mean, for us, well, we don't have them in our, I don't know of any waters close to us. They Is claim there's water? some at Pickwick. Yeah, I think it's a colder water fish, but it's a real clean, real good eating fish. Yeah. Um, I was. I mean, I thought it was pretty good. Now, is it better than our catfish? Heck, no. I've always been told it's the northern version of catfish. It's just as good, oh. just as clean. You know, it's got. I don't the know flavors. if it's just as good. I feel like trying walleye in a sports bar was. We got to give it another chance. Yeah, I need. I need like I need some some fresh walleye and to cook it. Somebody to cook it that claims to be a really good walleye cooker. I want you to do a video. <laughs> What's better? Walleye Waller, or catfish, catfish, that would be. I need to get somebody to come down and do that with Yes. They the, cook their recipe. They cook their, yeah, they come down and we do them side-by-side comparison and see which one's better. We need the walleye. Mississippi, pond rays, like get some pride of the pond or some Simmons or, you know, one of these brands that, that we've been cooking all our lives and then put that and up against them. Yeah. You need the um, walleye king of Minnesota yeah. <laughs> to come down. <laughs> Face off against the catfish king of Mississippi. Yeah, I I mean, I don't even know if it's better than crappie. It was good. good. It was good. It you know what it reminded me. I probably shouldn't say this. (laughs) It's like souped up fish sticks because there were there were these about I don't know 
finger sized pieces or something. Yeah. The way they had them cut them up and they were breaded. It wasn't like it wasn't like a cornmeal breading. It was like some kind of you didn't see fish a fillet. Chips like bedding. Yeah, I want to see what. Yeah, I want to see the fish looks like. Yeah, you didn't see a fillet. Uh, I tried a juicy. Well, we both kind of tried a juicy Lucy. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, we went to the the brunch spot before the game. We went to that you found was awesome, and the atmosphere of the place was cool. Uh, what was they had a band playing? Like what was a, it called? Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. I don't think it has any affiliation with no the, the TV show. show. Yeah. Yeah, no. I thought that was funny, like, because we were talking about Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen the other day. So yeah. when I saw y'all were at Hell's Kitchen, yeah. I was like, oh, they found one. Yeah, no, I wouldn't <laughs> like that. But it was, I don't know, if, I mean, it had a bar, but it wasn't like a sports bar or anything, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say. It's I like mean, an independently owned restaurant. Yeah. It had a lot of charm, a lot of character, had their own vibe. It was kind of down, almost like going in a dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of, the way they had it de- decorated up. Yeah. So you're going in the gates of hell. <laughs> but their food, was, they had a Bloody Mary there that was the bomb. It was, um, they had some kind of special. Uh, infused vodka. Infused vodka yeah. that they did there. There's a bunch of different of those. They had some like Icelandic vodkas, like brands I'd never heard of. They didn't, it wasn't just like we got Tito's. Yeah. Okay. But it was good. They serve, you know what was unique about when I get a Bloody Mary in Minnesota? They serve it with like a meat stick. Every single Almost time. Like a, yeah, Slim Jim like stick. It's it's better than Slim Jim. Yeah, it's a really good meat stick, but it's always and I've ordered it at multiple. We've ordered it at multiple places, multiple years. Even at the game. Yeah. When you bought a Bloody Mary, it's the same exact yeah. stick. Where was it? we? We got one out in the Vikings Lodge. Yeah. And it was like a big beer lodge out in the park, you know, like before you go in the game. It's like a hangout area, and uh, they were serving them in there with the meat stick in it. So you got a pickle and a meat stick. And I don't, it didn't have celery. Like we normally serve mm-hmm. with celery. Well, they did have a thirty-five foot Bloody Mary bar. Yeah, that ain't. I just, I mean, that's cool and all, but I'm, I mean, I want more. Want give me extra vodka and just get it mixed right. <laughs> yeah, instead of putting like stuff. there's people hanging like onion rings and chicken wings. Some and people so, with and, muffins. Yeah, just all this stuff that you go through this bar and you build your. They give you like your vodka in a glass and you stand in line with it. And the line was 60 strong. So it was taking some people an hour. I watched them. It was like we were in there and out before some people even got through the whole Bloody Mary line. I looked at it. I, I like, mean, that was game day. It was yeah, a yeah. game day morning. They had a two-hour wait. You know, Luckily, we had made reservations. But Yeah, that's true. If you're going up there to go to that place, make a reservation. Now, the place we went to Saturday night where we watched, we watched football, watched a baseball game there. What was it called? Mike's or – Somebody's viewing room, but yeah, mats or mics or something like that. It was pretty cool. It was yeah. jam packed. They have forty ounce Miller lights. <laughs> you drink it, and it was like this big cup with these <laughs> double handles people. on it. And <laughs> you before when you time you drank three or four of those, <laughs> you're like, hold on, I didn't drink a twelve pack. <laughs> I mean, for real. What's four? How many did you have? <laughs> I think I had four. Then I switched to the regular size. I said, because. So it's 160 ounces of beer. How many, uh, how many ounces is in a gallon? <laughs> <laughs> we were there a while. Had some fireball. Let's move on. Before we went. Hey, I was drinking like a Viking. You can't go to Minnesota and not drink like a Viking. 
And I was, I mean, we were two blocks from our hotel. And before we went to Minnesota, we had actually gone to Dallas for a business trip. Tyler went with us. Took Tyler and Brian, Jacob. Um, And we didn't get to do a lot in Dallas because it was pretty much, we flew in, went to our conference, kind of came home. Um, But we did get to go one night to the the ranch at La... Las Colinas. Las Colinas. Las Colinas. (laughs) How did you find that restaurant? It was a restaurant close to us that took reservations. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I know, man, I'm going to tell you what, if you like want to go to just the epitome of a, a Texas steakhouse, go to the ranch. It was awesome. It was really good. They had a dude playing music there. I knew every, he I sang every song with him. I'm sure he hated me. <laughs> you were having a good old time. <laughs> they had what got my attention about this place. I looked on their menu. They had it. They called it called the Cowboy Feast, and it was a wagyu tomahawk, a fillet, a strip, garlic stuff fillet, and a Angus fillet, a strip, and what else? And a, was it a ribeye? Um, no, that was the tomahawk. So it four was steaks, right? A thirty-three ounce wagyu tomahawk ribeye, which was unbelievable. It was really good. Eight ounce roasted garlic stuff fillet, a twelve ounce Angus charbroiled strip. Pork belly burn ins, uh, some grilled shrimp, and then, everything was topped with grilled shrimp. <laughs> and then she was like, "You want to add the barbecue?" And I was, and I was shaking my head no. And you went, "Yep." <laughs> so we got ribs too. It was ribs too, but the, what, and we the, come with four sides. But. The cool thing about yeah, we split all this with the table. This one yeah. like I ordered it all for myself. Although I, I could probably put a dent in it. <laughs> Because it was that and good. And it came like everything was already sliced when it hit the table, which I appreciated. It was on a giant cutting board. They roll it out to you, and then they let, they even let me play with the big pepper grinder to season it up. <laughs> no, you said, I want that pepper grinder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What did he say, Tyler? I asked politely, Tyler. <laughs> he said, hey, can we get some pics with that pepper grinder? <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool, though. But the, the that, that dish was fantastic. It was. But and you what know was, it wasn't that bad. I think it was like two hundred forty bucks. Yeah, for all that, which that sounds like a heavy price tag. You go to a steakhouse, just the tomahawk steak's probably going to be a hundred bucks. Yeah, and, and so we, we split, split this four ways. Yeah. I mean, you're sixty dollars ahead, and we didn't finish it. No, all four of us did not finish that. I mean, it was that there was we left steak. That's how much food it was. What was your favorite part? <sighs> Man, that's tough because the. The Wagyu tomahawk, it was all cooked perfect. Yes, it was. It was uh, seasoned good. And the meat, and it was the, the tomahawk melted in your mouth, but the I did not. I did not expect the pork belly. They called it burn ins. I did not expect it to be as good as it was. Yeah, but it was not a burn in. They had taken it was like hunks. They had taken. You got two pieces of this. They had taken a piece of pork belly and cut it in about. I would say it was a six by six cube, like one giant hunk, like hunk slab. And they cooked it just like you would uh, a pork belly burn-in. So it was all sauced on the outside and, you know, tender as it could be. So but when you cut it, you had to slice it up yourself and the knife would just fall through it. It was so tender. And then you had pieces of that, like strips. So you were eating pork belly burn-ins and it was big enough to cut into a strip. And that was – I was blown away by how good that was. That was probably my – that's going to be close to that Wagyu. really impressed because normally when you order pork belly in a restaurant, it's never as good. Yeah. Because it's either undercooked or overcooked or hard. Yeah. It's just never as good. This one, they had rendered it perfectly. Yes. It was soft. I mean, it was, 
You could have took it and shredded it and made some really good pulled pork yeah. with that. It was that. It was that much of it. And the the fat on it. Was- even even the ribs were pretty good. The the add on that was pretty good. Yeah. I mean they were they were. I wouldn't call them Texas style ribs. That was more of a Memphis style. It really it was, was just a dry rib. A, it was a spare rib. And you got, I don't know, probably half a rack or something like yeah. that. There's enough for everybody to get a bone. What was that, your favorite, Tyler? Oh, uh, pork belly. Yeah. Pork belly followed up by the mac and cheese because the mac and cheese, was, <laughs> was I just good. didn't expect it to be that great. You know, like I was like, oh, it's steakhouse mac and cheese. No, it was like there was something in it amping up the flavor just a little bit to give it a little bit of a kick on an aftertaste that made it all the better. Like it was so good. I agree. All the sides were good. The pecan pie was jam up. <laughs> <laughs> she talked us into that too. And she's like, We give you the pecan pie. So I was like, okay, thank you, lady. Nice lady. The pecan pie would have, I mean, it was huge. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was like two, a quarter two, of three, a pie. Two, yeah. Enough for two or three. Everything in Texas is big. <laughs> and I'm telling you, if y'all get a chance to go there, make a reservation and go. Now, the, I don't know if you didn't have a reservation, there's no telling how long the wait would have yeah. been. You could have sat at the bar, I guess. but uh, The shrimp, they were okay. They were oh, probably the weight link. That. Yeah, you yeah. didn't need that. I don't even know why but they put that. That was like else. a garnish. <laughs> it was like the parsley. You just throw it off. Yeah, but there's probably a pound of shrimp on it. <laughs> it's a lot. And they made really, really good uh, margaritas. Like authentic margaritas. Yes, yeah. Well, we sat at the bar and had one of those. And the Texas queso was really good, too. Yeah, so we got a, a chef's favorite appetizer, which was queso, uh, onion rings, elk tacos, and fried green tomatoes. Those were the best onion rings I've probably ever had. They gave Hueys a run for their money, and I like a Hueys onion ring. I forgot about those elk tacos, too. Those were up there. Yeah. My favorites. It was a lot of food. <laughs> we went somewhere else, and they had bison on the menu. It was, there. was that that uh, Bar Louie where they had all the bison? or Maybe. Was it? There was a lot of bison on the yeah. um, menu, that Hell's Kitchen menu. Is that where it was in yeah. Minnesota? Okay. Well, it is chili season. Would you call it chili season? It was. <laughs> now, today is not. Yeah. Like, it warmed back up to, like, 80 degrees. Yeah. That's kind of my cutoff for chili. It's got to be below 80. If it gets 78, oh, yeah, crank up the pot. What's it going to be this weekend? That's going to be, like, below 70. Okay. So Sunday's, like, 63, I think. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Oh, it's, no, it's chili. Saturday is Sunday. It's chili day. <laughs> like, so, there's going to be nothing better than watching football Sunday. Eat a bowl of chili. Maybe even a chili dog. Um, so someone had asked that when we did that chili contest, what, a couple years back, and I won. You always you like to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one I've ever won. You've won plenty. But I think you were like second place with yeah, your pulled, pulled pork, pork chili. chili. And I guess you had mentioned that you had done the pulled pork chili, mm-hmm. but you never shared a recipe with it. Do you have? Do you remember what you did? I make regular chili. I just use pulled pork. You just use pulled yeah. pork. So you just. I even put some. It even had some like sausage in it too. Okay, so like ground sausage. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing was I didn't put my I didn't put the pork in till the end because I because anytime you try to cook it, it's already cooked to where it's done enough. It's pulled mm-hmm. pork. You know, you don't want to just keep cooking in a stew. It'll go to string onion. There, yeah. it'll just yeah. So I you fo- you make your chili. Like a normal pot of chili. I mean, you don't don't put the ground beef in there. You can't. You can't. You can put a little, but if you, I mean, I'd use like breakfast sausage is what I used, or you could just use ground pork seasoned with chili seasoning too. 
but that's kind of the base of it. So you make the ch- basic chili recipe. It was it's nothing hard. You know, yeah, it's like tomatoes. onions and I use like tomatoes. Retail, tomatoes. Um, that's a bit seasoned, that bona fide chili seasoning. And sometimes I'll pour a little beer in it, you know, splash a splash of beer. I like a little Worcestershire. Yeah, a little Worcestershire. Yeah. Just get it flavored right. And then right at the end, you know, after you've done simmered it, um, I, that's when I add the pulled pork, just kind of fold it in. And then just let it stay on low, and it don't have to. It's it's pretty much yeah. ready to eat, and it's really better the next day. But the, yeah, I'm just substituting it, just adding pulled pork to it. I do the same thing with chicken when I do that white chicken chili. But you don't if you add that chicken before the chili's done, it's going to get stringy. Yep. Brunswick stew does the same thing. It does. If you put pulled pork in Brunswick stew and just let it cook. What I do, you know, I like to do texture. my meats separate. And then add them back cooked. I mean, if it's a bigger chunk of meat that needs to cook down, it's one thing. Like a roast? Yeah. yeah. Like if you started with cubes of chuck roast or something like that, you would need to, it needs time in the chili to soften up. But if you're, if you're putting in a meat that's already been fully cooked, you want to add it, add it towards the end. It's like you make a chicken and dumplings. You don't leave that chicken in there the whole time. Bake your pot of dumplings no. and add your chicken back to it. And then it never gets like, Stringy. Boiling again, it just hangs out on low and just kind of has a light, light simmer just to keep everything yeah. warm. You get better bites of the meat that way. You yeah. taste the meat. It's not, You're not cooking all the flavor out of it. Have you seen that over-the-top chili that they've been cooking? I have. I've been seeing a lot of people do yeah. that. What's I, your you thoughts know, on that? Well, I was, I mean, because whenever I cook chili, I always brown the meat and then get the grease off of it. So That's the I'm whole time you're doing the over-the-top, it's like you want the grease in the chili. Yeah. So I don't know if it was I mean to me it's like I don't I don't usually want my chili with that layer of fat over the top of it and I don't know if you you know Are you enhancing the flavor? Are you making it greasy? I'm I don't know. I'm, I'm, curious. I'm curious. I'm curious. Too. Yeah. I would think like most time you see people they make almost like a meatloaf or a big giant meat patty. Mm-hmm. Or you know they might use a chuck roast and they set it right over it and let all those drippings go into their Dutch oven underneath it and then they make their build their chili off that. But I mean I've me, seen it's just getting it, go yeah. ahead and have the chili, like you know, the tomatoes elements in yeah, the in pot. there, and just letting that letting the drippings get down in it. Yeah, I don't know. I would, I would be worried it'd be greasy, but I need to try it. I haven't even I've never tried a bowl of that, so it's something I, that I've, I've seen several people do it. I think uh, Matt and Heath Heath recently did one on mm-hmm. one of his channels. I've seen a bunch of people yeah, do. But it I've seen a bunch of people do it. Um, I like to cook my meat. But I like to add my vegetables in there so that the vegetables soak up some of that flavor and the grease maybe a little bit. But then I drain it. Yeah. Then you put it in a strainer. Then I drain the ju- yeah grease drain off. It, drain all the grease off and then add it back to the pot and start building the chili. Yeah. That's the way I feel like I'm yeah. getting the flavor that the meat gives you without getting the grease. Unless, I mean, I could see like, you know, you do some Cajun cooking. And you start with the roux, so you use the grease and use the flour yeah. to thickening agent. But if you're not adding something that's going to mix with that grease that you're putting in there, I don't. I, I think it would be. I think it would stay greasy. Yeah. And I think once you let it cool, there's going to be that cake that comes to the top that you'd have to scoop off. You know, and it's. I've done that like when I make beef stew or something like yeah. that. You got to get all that fat off of it. Or if you don't, to me, it gives you a filmy. Waxy filmy. Yeah. I mean, I want to try it before I. Knock it. Knock it. Yeah. I'm not opposed to trying it. What's your thoughts on white chicken chili? I absolutely love it. (laughs) (laughs) Is it chili? It's really good. There's no bad one, right? Is it chili? 
Yeah, it's chili. Why is it not? I don't know. Oh, it's it's Tyler not. Tyler like, had this whole thing. Yeah, we had a we had a huge debate in the office one day because we have a guy that works here named Austin who does <laughs> all of our wholesale ordering and stuff, and he he seems to think that chili is described by just like just normal chili, like whatever you think of of like when you think of picture perfect chili, like that is chili. Yeah, anything else? Red. Any? Yeah, red red beans, a little bit of beef, like all that. That's chili. And he says it's really thick because my wife has a chili recipe that's pretty thin. Uh, so he calls it vegetable soup. But I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't think so. So then we went all on the side tangent so, about white chicken chili and all I, that. I will ag- I will agree with bo- kind of both of y'all. Chili can be anything, but it can't be soup. I will agree with Austin <laughs> on that. For chili to be chili, it has to have a viscosity to it that's not like thin, watery soup. Yes. That's not chili. Like if you put your yeah. spoon in there, it should like very slowly. Yeah, fall I mean it over. should be. A, it should have a thickness to it. <laughs> yeah, a thickness yeah. to it. Now whether whether it's tomato based or it has beans in it or it has you know it's a white chicken chili that's all up for debate for me. I can see that that's still considered chili. But I was going to say when you got your computer out, Google the see what the definition of chili is. All right. I think his argument was that it had to go on a hot dog. Like you had to be able to put it on a hot dog. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Cause I think you yeah, make kind of a certain, limits it. yeah, you make kind of a certain kind of chili to go on. A that's hot right. Dog. Like it's very beefy. I don't even know if you would really need beans on that. I mean, you could put them in there, but most people don't like what I think you've got these all like chili aficionados that say it shouldn't have beans. Yeah. Like it's meat and it's cooked down and it's thick and it's not the yeah. Texas way or whatever. Yeah. That's the that is the Texas bowl of red, no beans, no beans, no yeah. beans, and I don't even know if they use ground meat or if it is ground meat. It's a chili ground, but a lot of times they dice it up and they use meat like that and start cooking it and cook it down. Some of them, and I don't even know. I was going to be interested to see what the definition said because I don't even know if it has to have tomatoes because it's chili. It's probably made with chilies. You know, you cook down chilies and make it. So the official chili. Competition defines chili as, which this is still up for debate, you know, um, any kind of meat or combination of meats and or vegetables cooked with beans, chili peppers, various spices, and other ingredients. So So it says with beans in the definition. It requires beans, I guess. And it doesn't say tomatoes. It doesn't say tomatoes. So white chicken chili would work. Uh huh. Because you have beans in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The only argument I've ever heard of is like some people say that after a certain thickness, like any soup becomes a chowder. Because, like, I've had red chowders and stuff before that's not necessarily heavy cream. I feel cream. like you could make an argument that my white chicken chili is a chowder. <laughs> <laughs> what makes it a chili is it has chilies in it. Yeah. yeah. You don't yeah. put typically to, in a chowder. I've never had a chili chowder. Like, you don't. How many Ooh, chowders have you seen? Delicious. Like a poblano chili chowder? Ooh, that's delicious. All of a sudden, you got white chili then. Yeah. Yeah. You're you know? right. And you don't put potatoes in chili. Most of the time, doesn't chowders have potatoes in it? Yeah, and some even have corn. I, you could get away with some corn and some chili. Then you're getting into Brunswick stew a little bit. I no, know. that's barbecue soup. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think like for one, it has to contain chilies to be a chili. Has to, I would say, has to have meat. But you could make a vegetarian chili. Oh yeah, it would be. I make my white chicken chili vegetarian. Yeah, for your niece. For my niece, I like use. I stop before I add the chicken and separate it. My wife does a quinoa chili. <laughs> Actually, yeah. pretty good. So, oh, really? yeah, <laughs> like I interest me as I much. I gotta call you out on that. <laughs> is, is it vegetarian if you use chicken broth? 
Do you put chicken broth in it? No, I use when I cook it especially for broth? her. Okay. I use vegetable broth. Okay. I use uh, I don't use the chi- cream of chicken. Yeah, I use cream of mushroom or something like that. Yeah, I do all the right things. To keep and it y'all don't notice that I, I didn't use I, chicken I, broth. I'm yeah. gonna be offended next time. Lou. <laughs> I want specifically chicken broth. And meat products in the cream of mushroom in there. Better be cream of chicken in my chicken chili. Try to. You have a recipe um, for smoked chili dogs, and it is the best chili dog ever. Oh, but see, that's a. It's to a me, that's almost not even chili. I mean, because I consider that chili sauce. It if it is. goes on a dog, like I don't want a bowl of my same chili, like my. It's got the beans and I mean we do it all the time. I, mean, I do it, but if I'm making specific <laughs> yeah. chili dogs, it's a chili sauce, and it's just it's it's really almost like it's almost like manwich, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's thick like sloppy Joe because it's it has, it's not runny. Because you don't you picking up a hot dog, you can't just have a good old but runny chili. Now if you're going to just eat it in the bowl and spoon it out, yeah. that's fine. But to it, sit on a dog, it needs to have a thickness to it to stay on the dog. Yeah, yours is like it, everything's really finely minced, like your onions and your garlics and things like that. You don't have any everything's kind of the same consistency. It's almost like a gravy. Yeah. Like a you know, an kind Italian of, it's gravy. Not runny though. Like not, it's tomato yeah, it, sauce. It's more of a meat sauce. Yeah. That stays together. It's just it's got all those chili flavors to it. So you're using all that element of the chili to flavor this ground beef. And that's what you make build your sauce out of. Would it be a bolognese? Yeah. Style, yeah, like, is the kind of like a yeah southwestern bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really good. And then you use uh, you smoke your hot dogs. That's yep. important. You do all beef. Got to smoke the dogs. I like those big quarter pound dogs too. All beef quarter pound. What are the is it Nathan's or Hebrew National? Uh, they both you can get half the all beef one. Yeah. Sometimes you can order. You can get from like a deli or someone. Yeah. And then you top it, we put it all together and top it with the cheese and put it on a cast iron skillet and cook it again. Stick it in there, let it get all melty. And top it with some onions and jalapenos and a little mustard. Bun gets just a little like toasty. It's it's so good. It is so good. Chili dog. Sounds like you're making them this weekend. (laughs) We're we're going to make a pot of chili. (laughs) So I'm not going to make my chili sauce. I only do that if I'm specifically making chili dogs. Is make the sauce, yeah. and you know, I don't, usually don't even make it in a pot. I usually make it on the stovetop in a skillet, because that's the way. Just you, like manwich, just like you would manwich. <laughs> yeah, it's better than manwich, though. Yeah, it's a lot better. What do you think's in that can of manwich? It's, it's kind of like cross between watery ketchup and barbecue sauce to me. I don't know. I don't need no helper. <laughs> <laughs> manwich. When's the last time you just have you used manwich lately? Michael don't eat sloppy joes. Yeah. I grew up eating sloppy joes. Me Joe's. too. It was a staple at our house. It was like one of my favorite. Maybe it's just like mm-hmm. poor folk food or something. <laughs> <laughs> he just refuses. Every now and then I'll Your be dad like, cooks barbecue. Is he going to eat this slop? <laughs> it's so good, though. <laughs> it is good. I do think, like, if you go to school and you eat the sloppy joes at school, they're nowhere as good. I don't even think they have them anymore. They used to have them at my school, and they were terrible. <laughs> We also do deer chili a lot. Yep, deer meat makes great chili. You can't. I don't even think you know is deer meat. Yeah, it gives it a good flavor. I need to come uh, up with a unique one, like 
Let's make some raccoon chili, or squirrel chili, or something. <laughs> Someone could... was asking on the community, "Where do I get squirrels?" <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> go outside. Find, first, find you some oak trees, and just go outside and wait. And if you're in the city, you probably need a pellet gun or something. But if you're out in the country, twenty-two or a shotgun, you can get you some squirrels easy. I told him go buy some chicken and just tell everybody the squirrel, <laughs> like some dark meat chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Or pay that dude ninety nine dollars on uh, that you looked up last week. <laughs> How do you eat your chili? You got a bowl of chili, and you got all the toppings. I don't need though. You give me. I, I mean, I sometimes just I'll put chili. a little cheese on it. Maybe you know. And if I want to get fancy, I'll add some sour cream or some jalapenos. But cilantro. My maybe. number one way is a bowl of chili and saltine crackers. That's all. That's really all that you need. Now, I do like. I, I really don't like to eat chili without crackers. I don't know why. Yeah. Some people. Some people eat it with like uh, cornbread, but we never did that at my house. I'll tell you what. Last time my wife made chili, I did the mayonnaise on the bottom, poured it over the top, and it was like so good. It just on, it adds like a layer of creaminess, like sour cream does. You know, on the cracker. But it also gives you a little tanginess. Or where do you put? The, oh, where no. do you put the mayonnaise? Oh no, you put a scoop of mayonnaise like on the bottom of your bowl, and then you pour it up over the top. You kind of obviously you kind of mix it up anyways and stuff, and it just it gives it. I it's an oil, obviously. It's a layer. It's, it's yeah. just another layer of flavors, but it it makes it creamy, sort of like sour cream would, but with more of a mayonnaise zing to it. It's really good. Really, really good. That ain't my style. <laughs> Big old scoop of mayonnaise in the bowl and yeah, put chili on top scoop? of it. Like, like, I'm thinking ice cream scoop. <laughs> I'm, no, 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 no. It's like it, a tablespoon? Yeah, like you just get a spoon you have like yeah. in the drawer or whatever. Yeah. So get you some blue plate, put it in your chili bowl first, big old dollop, and then put your chili on it. And do you top that chili too, Tyler? Or oh, you yeah. Just, Cheese. You do onions. Cheese, cilantro, uh, onions, and jalapenos. Yeah. yeah. That, you would be all over that. Yeah. I would totally do that. I usually do sour cream anyway, so I just yeah. figured this one I would try. But try the change your life. Blue Did plate change your life I've, again. You know, I, have, <laughs> I have seen I have seen some people take a jar of blue plate mayonnaise with the butter knife, spread it on the saltine cracker, and then put chili like put a spoon of chili on that and eat it that way. It's so yeah. good. I've seen some people do that you in person. <laughs> 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 it's hard to watch. <laughs> It just doesn't seem right, spreading mayonnaise on crackers and <laughs> eating chili with it. Well, cinnamon rolls with chili always seemed weird to me, that, hey. I grew up with that. That, But that was always like the lady auxiliary thing. It wasn't like you had them at home. But if the yeah. church had a chili dinner, the ladies would always make like homemade yeast roll cinnamon rolls, and you got a bowl of chili and you got a cinnamon roll. And, man, it was it goes. That, that one actually goes together. Maybe we should try that this weekend. I don't want to make some homemade yeast. You just want to do the cast iron <laughs> yeah, Pillsbury, yeah, yeah. bust them up. Yeah, we'll try it. I'll let you try it. You're probably, yeah. I, I already know what you're going to say. You want to eat your chili, and then you want to eat your cinnamon roll <laughs> yeah. for dessert. You know, you don't want to have them together, but you got to have it together to get that combo. But I don't think Michael's ever had it. So. Oh, I guarantee you hadn't. I can see the layer of like cinnamon, like adding like a cool flavor yeah. to it. It does. Cinnamon and, goes with those flavors. And I've seen people add just cinnamon to a chili recipe. That's yeah. not that uncommon. Some people add chocolate syrup to it. Yeah. To give it like another depth of richness. Uh-huh. You could get heavy-handed with the chocolate. Well, so syrup. do you I always put a little bit of sugar in my chili. Heck yeah. It needs it to balance out the acidity. You don't make you don't add enough to make it sweet. Yeah, it's not sweet. Uh-huh. It's just it's it tones down some of the acidity, yeah. 
because you have a recipe where you call for sugar. Yeah. And it's only like two tablespoons and a whole pot of sh- you know, yeah. whole pot of chili. But people are like, don't ever add sugar to your chili. <laughs> All right. All right. You don't have to. But it yeah. does just give it balance, you know? I, I mean, I think it's good. I think it, but I do that in my spaghetti sauce too. I do too. If I'm making spaghetti sauce, like just good old spaghetti, it's getting a pinch of, it's getting some sugar in it to balance it out. Yeah, because the tomatoes are very acidic. I don't do it to gumbo, but I don't put tomatoes in gumbo. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of that, but I don't. Some people to put tomatoes in their gumbo. It's really gumbo season too. Yeah, that's coming next. <laughs> I gotta give. I gotta get sick of chili first. Gumbo. So it's soups and ste- it's soups and stews, seasonings and chowders. I've never done a smoked chowder. Like like done something Mm-mm. like that on the pit. You still haven't done a Brun- Brunswick. I thought I did a Brunswick a long time ago. I've got Russell was going to come from Georgia and do a and do a Brunswick with me. I just got to get it lined up where he can get over here. Um, he's coming like next week. But we're going to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> We've oh so yeah next week we're going to Royal Oak. We're gonna do a, we do a podcast that week. We'll yeah, probably try yeah, to pre-record yeah. one. We will. Um, and you've also never done a uh, chicken and dumplings recipe. I've got one. You can. It's kind of your thing. <laughs> but you could smoke the. Chicken. You know when I met you, how I made chicken and dumplings. Like my mom taught me the shortcut way, and you hate it. But it was using it's, it's broth and tortilla shells. Yeah. You, I mean, you could use a boiled chicken or roasted chicken, whatever, but it's, it's it's tortilla shells that you cut in strips or dumpling shape, and they poof up when you add them to it. Are they as good as the dumplings you make as homemade dumplings? No. But, but is it fast? Yeah, it's pretty fast, and they're good. But your the broth is just broth. There's no creamy element to it. There's no butteriness. There's It's just old broth. You can add a can of cream <laughs> of chicken or cream of mushroom or something to it if you want to. I do. So you think it's more watery like Tyler's wife's chili? Don't you put me? Oh, I'm going to be in so much trouble. Is your wife listening? <laughs> probably, probably this one. <laughs> Don't put any clips up. <laughs> um, we also tried the new uh, breakfast sauce from the W sauce. That was actually good. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people talking about it. I, you know, I've never seen like a breakfast sauce. They had a bottle of it at Kroger. That's where I bought it. Yeah. But I don't know what makes it breakfast sauced. Is it just because they put on eggs? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, to me, it makes more sense on a burrito. Burrito sauce. It, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Something you'd put over, you know, a burrito or something like that. Is it like a picante or no? It's, it's not kind of thin. Yeah, and it's it's got a good. It has a Worcestershire it. element to it. Yeah, you can taste it, but it's um, you know, it's it's got a little kick to it too. It's. Hmm. Kind of like if a Worcestershire and hot sauce it would go baby. It would go good on an omelet or a, like a breakfast casserole, I guess. Maybe that's burrito. why. Maybe that's why they do it, because it, it goes good with eggs. I could see it being but really good I, with I eggs. I do just call it egg sauce. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know what meat you would eat it on, but with eggs it goes. I guess that's where they get it from, Would you eat it with eggs. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Probably good on potatoes. Yep, I bet it would. There you go, hash browns. Hash browns are breakfast. <laughs> Maybe brunch sauce. How about that? That brunch way you can cover a little more. You, you need to try it on a chicken sandwich and see how it tastes. I bet it would be good on a chicken sandwich. Yeah. You have a plan to cook a brisket this weekend. So the way this come about, and I'm going to, I'm going to cook an overnight brisket, on, probably on a pellet grill. Um, but our friend, is it Alonzo yep. Gulf Coast Smoke, um, did this brisket sandwich, and it looked Unbelievable. 
And so I need to, and I'm going to duplicate it. We we had a thing going in our, some of our ambassadors and he sent this idea and his got like everybody consensus kind of picked his as like the best looking sandwich there was. And so the thing was, if, if it's good and I liked it, I was going to cook the, cook it. And I saw it and I was like, oh man, now I got to cook a brisket. He put like smoked <laughs> so, sausage on oh, it. Oh, it looks so good. I'm on, so I'm going to do a video with it. Yeah. Of but making you had that sandwich, but, but not cooking the brisket. I'm already going to have my brisket sliced, so I got to cook a brisket. How are you? What's the plan there? Overnight? Oh, I'm just going to go to Walmart or Kroger. I actually, I might go see Frankie down here at the butcher shop because he had a, at Primo's, because he's got a, he usually has those 1855 briskets. So I'm going to grab one of those and keep it simple. Just a Texas style brisket because he's Texas Gulf Coast. He's like when I when you think of when you think of Gulf Coast smoke, what do you think, think of? Biloxi. Or I think they're like Gulf Shores, Orange yeah. Beach, but I have to think about it. He's from Texas, so I think he's like Gulf is Coast. he like Houston area or yeah, a little somewhere bit somewhere Corpus Christi or Southeast, somewhere down there. Yeah, Corpus Christi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where he's from. The better coast, <laughs> the better Gulf Coast. I don't know. Hey, the White Sand Beaches in Alabama are pretty awesome. Yeah, Mississippi's not bad. Sea- there's we some just, good seafood down there too. Yeah. But when I think of the Gulf Coast, I think of going to yeah. Gulf Shores, Orange Beach. And so but anyway, gonna... I'm doing this brisket sandwich. And so I'm going to cook the brisket, and then next week uh, we'll be I'll be filming that recipe. Okay, so let's you're cooking this overnight brisket. You're yeah, I'm probably going to put it, it on Saturday afternoon, watch some ball games, and let it roll all night, get up Sunday, and wrap it up in some butcher paper, and hold it for a while, and let it cool down, and then... I don't know if I'm going to slice it. I haven't made my mind up yeah, yet. Yeah, that's my question. How do you get it from Sunday to Wednesday? I think I'm going to keep it whole and then slice oh, it so up. so we can't have any on Sunday. No, 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 no. This ain't, yeah. <laughs> this is all for the sandwich. Oh, okay. Do you want to eat, do you want to eat some brisket on Sunday? <laughs> We're going to be chili on Sunday. <laughs> I thought the chili was Saturday. I could cook it over the top and do a 24-hour chili with a 24-hour brisket. <laughs> How do you think that would be? It would probably be extra greasy, wouldn't it? Yeah. But that's what I plan on doing. So you're going to keep it whole? Yeah. I'm just going to – Are you going to vacuum seal it or uh, wrap it – what? Since I'm going to be using it like Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm probably not going to vacuum seal it. I'll probably just wrap it up in plastic wrap, stick it in a Ziploc or in a big Ziploc or a meat bag, yeah. stick it in the refrigerator, and then when I take it out, I can slice it. And then uh, on his sandwich, he co- he cooked it all in the video, like live, yeah. cooked the whole brisket, yeah. then sliced it. So I'm going to have to reheat it some kind of way, so I'll bring it back up. I'm, if I vacuum seal it, I could throw it in sous vide and bring it up. That might be the best option there. Or we could cut it in half. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. Because all I need, I don't need, it's not like I need 10 pounds of brisket for this sandwich. I just needed probably a couple pounds, enough to make the sandwich. So you might get to try something. <laughs> That's not a bad idea there. See, I'm glad we had this talk. <laughs> Talked it out right here on the podcast. Um, real quick, you said something about the 1855. Is that a brand? Yeah, yeah. It's a. I used to cook them and uh, contest a lot, but it was a. I always thought it was like a Cisco brand, but it's it's one of the meat the bigger meat companies has bought it. It's like just a higher end, like you kind of you know how uh, certified Angus beef is a brand. Yeah. Of beef, 1855 is a brand, and I'm not sure which meat company owns it now. It might be. Swift or somebody like that. I really so don't know. Not, I don't think it's IBP. A, it's a little bit better than your regular commodity. Yeah, I'm sure they just have different. Like sta- they just have standards. Yeah. Of a, it's kind of like a high end uh, choice. I don't think it's 
quite prime, but they they eat like a prime. It's just a good your standard spec when you get their briskets or what I found is they're all pretty even. So you can get that thirteen to fifteen pound brisket. It's always gonna have a nice fat cap on it. Usually it doesn't have bad butcher cuts in it. They're pretty uniform from flat all the way to point. So there's not a whole whole lot of trimming on them. I mean, they're just it's just a good good brand of brisket if you can find them. So are there any brands of brisket that you won't cook? Like you try to stay away from? I can't think of any that I stay away from. Um, a lot of times you get them at a supermarket. You just I look for ones that have plenty to choose from. I'm not, if I go in the supermarket look for a brisket and all they got is one brisket, I ain't buying it. A lot of times it's like yeah, that a lot of times yeah, at our, at ours too because you know that they don't have briskets at a lot of yeah. Them. But so I look for one. You know, I, I try to find them that are uniform. I want one that's got a decent flat on it and that the point looks good. If I can see through the cryovac, I always look through it, try to see if it's discolored or anything, or looks like it might have some age. I don't mind if it's a little floppy, but I don't want the, the seal to be compromised. What mm-hmm. looks like it's got a lot of air in it. And it's, you know, a lot of blood or it's not really blood. It's just kind of meat juice that's leached out of it, but I don't want all that in my package. I want it to be kind of tight, but I want it to be kind of loose. That means it's probably got some age. It's kind of an art to picking out the right brisket. Yeah, you've got to you got to put your hands on them. You know, I, I can't just send you to get me a brisket. No, that's the one thing that I would. You know, I, I got to go see it myself if I'm on because because a lot of times these things are sixty five seventy bucks even at a Kroger. I mean, I think I could do better than your average bear. Oh yeah, but no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't feel comfortable picking out your brisket. You'd, you'd say no. You probably need to go get that. I mean, I know tight cryovac, uh, even a little bit of flop. And and flop, yeah. Well, you'd be all right then. I trust you. Even even thickness as much as possible from end to end, correct? So that's going to be. I'm going to send you home with some homework. You get to go get the brisket. I'm going to cook this weekend. Okay. <laughs> or you can just go see Frankie. Yeah, I think we'll just go see Frankie. Pick me out a brisket. I know if you pick up the big end, you want the little end to go. Yeah, yeah. It kind of like the way I do it. A lot of times, I'll just set it on the side of the basket, the shopping cart. You know, and see how it folds over it because it kind of gives it just enough little angle to, to let it droop. If it sticks straight out like a board, I probably don't want that one. It's or I need to stick it in my refrigerator for a few days. But that's the bad thing. Like a lot of times, you go get one out of a meat case, you can't see the case, the box that those briskets came in. If you can see the box, you can see they always print the pack date on them. And then from there, I like to be thirty days from that pack date. Now you have no idea when you're just getting them out of a case. But a lot of times I feel like if I go to Sam's or Costco, say, I've seen you ask them. I'll Sam's. ask the butcher, "Can you bring out a? Can you bring out some more brisket? Even if they've got a few out there, I might take them and move them over to another part." <laughs> hey, <brisket's> right. <laughs> and I'll go put them back. But I just want to get them to put a fresh box out, and that way, when I look, when he brings a box, I hey, let me see that box, and I look at them, and go, oh yeah, these are gonna be, and then I'll go through that, and I've done that a lot. Yeah. They don't. I mean, most of the time they don't mind, especially if you're buying one. You know, yeah. Back when you were buying a lot of briskets. We were doing a lot of contests a long yeah. time ago. You, you kind of developed a relationship with the guy at Sam's. Don't take it to like the automotive department and leave it. If you're going to move one, put it in, in the cooler somewhere. Just move it to the <laughs> yeah, Just take it down to the pork. Yeah. Put it down the pork side. <laughs> and then go get it and bring it back. Don't make them work too hard for it. But bringing it out to where you can see the box, that's that's a good that's good info to know when you're buying a brisket is when it was packed. Well, how how do you feel about your Sam's briskets, your Costco briskets. They're good. You know, um, Sam, uh, Sam sells the whole brisket and the flat sometimes. 
and they also have Choice and Prime. So I've got some really good briskets at Sam's, but I've got some really good flats at Costco because that's usually all typically Costco has is flats. But you can go there and buy a 13-pound flat that's even all the way across. And so putting your hands on it and feeling how it feels and looking at it and seeing if there's a big fat thing down the middle of it or you could see in the pack. So I like, if I'm just cooking a flat, I don't mind going to Costco and buying one. Now, Have you ever seen just a point at any of them? Not usually. No. Not, not, not around we here. I wish. Yeah. I would buy points all day long because I, I mean I like the point better myself anyway. Yeah, and for doing you know burn ins or any Tacos. kind of yeah anything I'm cooking down and want to shred the brisket I want point meat. I mean the flats, the flats not where it's at. It's going to be the driest part. I mean it's good. It's, I mean it's okay, but man I want mine from that mid fatty line. Me too. Where I might get a little double stack fat, you know, flat some fat and then some point and then on back that's the best part of a brisket. You can just give all that front part away. But that I stuff that's up underneath it's where it's good. Well, the point's more marbled. You get more flavor in it because it's more marbled. And the flat's super lean. And it's just a different texture. If it's going to be dry, it's going to be in that flat. It ain't going to be. If you got dry point, you'd have messed up bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love going through the uh, the uh that like Texas-style brisket line. Like when you go to the restaurants and you walk through the line and they're cutting it right there. Yeah, right you know? they can tell you which one you want. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you want? Oh, give me that fatty one. Yeah. Get off in there. I want some from the fatty end. That's what I say. Don't mess around with that up there. Yeah. You can give that to the vegetarians. or The, <laughs> the vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> Not the vegetarians. The, I don't know what they'd be. Well, yeah. now, that's really all I have for you today. All right. Well, Tyler, what do we got going on in the community, man? Or tell folks about it. Now's a great time to start getting in because we're probably going to be doing some giveaways here pretty soon, guys. That's the Let's Get to Cooking community over on Facebook.com forward slash goose forward slash H2Q community. If you want to check out all of Malcolm's favorite recipes, head on over to howtobbqrite.com. Yeah, let's see those chili chili dog recipes or mm-hmm. chili recipes. It's the time of year for folks to share those. So, And if you haven't tried the white chicken chili, it is really, really good. Shell's award-winning white chicken chili. Yeah. I mean, it is cheesy and delicious it's basically cheese soup <laughs> <laughs> the best cheese soup you've ever had with the little bean the little white beans in it and a little chicken right hey it's got good protein it's, it's a high protein i want you to i want to see if we can make a high protein version of that i bet yeah, we can i like bet we cut, can cut out some of the the heavy cream junk yeah <laughs> and then substitute it back with some stuff that's high protein is there something you could substitute for heavy cream uh what if you did the cottage cheese blended like up? blended up the cottage cheese yeah. You just got to be careful with it being so hot. Like the cottage cheese will curdle on you. So like really? when I make like the sauces I do for pasta with the cottage cheese, it has to be like lukewarm. Like it can't be like really, really hot. Okay. I hadn't tried that. I've made Once like, it incorporates, will it curdle still if you get it hot again or? um No, usually like after I add it to the pasta and the pasta is pretty hot, it's usually fine. It's just like if you're going to cook it, I wouldn't add it while you're cooking it, if that makes sense. Yeah. You could add yeah. that at the end, though. Yeah. Because you, you don't have to simmer the – I mean, it just needs to be low heat when you mm-hmm. add your cream element. Mm-hmm. And you just blend it up and pour yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You just let it – We're going to try it. Heck yeah. I've been making the buffalo chicken with it. Like, it's it's pretty much like making buffalo chicken dip, except I don't make it as runny because I would use it for wraps and stuff. And it's just that blended cottage cheese with, like, buffalo wing sauce – and then you mix it with some roast, uh, smoked chicken that I pull, mix all that up with a little fat-free shredded cheddar, and it makes I make a giant bowl of it, and that's lunch for the week. It's so good too. Yeah, 
And it doesn't, like, I heat it up. Sometimes I'll put it in a wrap and either do it in a skillet or put it in an air fryer like a burrito. And it doesn't separate that I can tell. But it's already incorporated into something. Yeah. I guess. I, we'll have to, we're going to have to play with that. Well, so. I'm just thinking like eggs. If you dropped an egg into, you know, something hot, it's going to scramble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But you, I, if you're, you know, you have to incorporate the egg. We'll see. We'll see if it stays smooth or if it breaks or gets lumpy. That'd be a really good recipe if we could figure this one out. Protein chili. Protein chili. High protein, creamy high protein chili. There you go. Because really, regular chili, it's not that bad. If you use lean meat. I hate most of Can't use like 70-30. 70-30. Or sausage. Sausage like, got too much fat in it. But I like the sausage in my chili. I do too. Gives it a good flavor. Well, Shell, where can they find us? If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ, right? On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. All right, folks. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us today, and we will be back next week to talk more barbecue and cooking and all the delicious stuff we got going on. <laughs> we'll be. <laughs> Come see us in Cleveland, or we're going to be over in Atlanta too next week. So. Yeah, next week we're going to talk about why do we need to refrigerate barbecue sauces. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get in. You're going to get in deep, dive deep. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you're going to talk about your brisket, how it turned out. And we're going to talk about our chili that we cook again <laughs> <laughs> we'll until see. we get tired. That's right. And then we're going to talk about. We'll see y'all next time. We gone.